Welcome to Soul Food Sunday. This is where you will unlearn how to defeat those nasty thoughts, how to conquer your mind, figure out how to take advantage of your zone of genius, and how to navigate in your blind spots. Ultimately, how to succeed at being you with thinking just a bit better. So I'm your host, Korea. Rhea, if you love me, let's go ahead and let's grow. Hey guys, welcome back to Soul Food Sunday. It's your host, Korea. Rhea, if you love me. And I have someone um, that I have been watching for quite some time. Um, very powerful, magnetic, like, oh my goodness. Her name is Miss Tori Washington. Um, well, I was going to have you introduce yourself, but I guess never mind. You can still introduce yourself. Tell them who you are and what you do and all that good stuff. Go keep going. You're doing a way better job than I'll do. <laughs> Oh man, I feel so honored to be here. I love our point of connection and the fact that you've just been in the orbit for so long. I am a business mentor, a money medicine woman, and a speaker. And really at the heartbeat of it, I'm a stand for our collective liberation. Mm -hmm. Everything I do is to liberate specifically women of color and women in owning their wealth identity, standing in their highest assignment and reconnecting with a bedrock of faith that allows them to move forward in the world unshakable. Mm. So I'm excited for our conversation. Ooh, I am too, honey, because we're going to probably really have to talk after this. But um, so how, how did you become, how did you become Tori today? Mm. What was that journey like? Each podcast asks me this, and I always start mm. with with where God says start because the story has so many layers. Like everybody has their layers of story and it's important to understand what parts of the story are done being told and which parts still get to be highlighted. And when you use the word become, it softens everything and goes from being a, what do I do to who am I, which is so beautiful. And I feel that how I became who I am today is because I followed my heart and on many occasions when a circumstance presented itself, I decided to take that as an assignment to create evidence for somebody else, for someone else. And that's that everything that I do is I always make it bigger than me because if it's just me, we'll tend to just stay in our own story and our narratives. But I remember different choice points along the way where I decided that it gets to be bigger than me. There's moments when I was 19 and overcame addiction. There's the moment when I left a relationship and moved across the country. There's the moment where I allowed God to empty all of my resources so that I could be rebuilt. And society calls that bankruptcy. I call it a financial masterpiece. Like every woman has like choice point, choice point, choice point, choice point. And so I am who I am because of the choices that I made yeah. in the valley and the dark and the light and everything in between. Wow. Um, okay. What? <laughs> so when we are talking about um, these choices, right? Um, how sometimes we get stuck 
in mm -hmm. our past, right? How were you able to navigate and not get stuck based upon whether it was self-inflicted? Um, sometimes we can still try to blame ourselves even if it wasn't our, our fault, right? Um, what did, how did you get past that or, yeah. For me, it was remembering that I will never be and cannot be defined by my past if I continue to embody the present moment. Mm -hmm. And it, it, for me, embodying the present moment is a mixture of God and me being in communion. So I am a, a definition of every choice I make hand in hand with God. Mm -hmm. I am not a definition of my past. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I think we get to remind ourselves of as humans again and again and again and again. It just snuck up on me this past week of, can it really be this good because of what happened before? So we are we have to always be aware of what our reference point is. Am I referencing that or am I referencing what's here now and what can come from here now? Mm -hmm. I don't think that that ever completely mutes itself. I think that is the practice of, and that's the agreement that you make with yourself is I'm going to continue to be aware of what I'm referencing. I have to always be aware of one of my mentors, Allison Bird, speaks into a borrowed thought versus a generated thought. Am I borrowing something from the past to protect what is, or am I generating a new definition of what's what gets to become? Wow. And we're always going to be, you know, in that cycle. So mm -hmm. I don't think there's like a perfect answer for that, but I do encourage anybody listening to say, yes, I will. I'll be in that choice and I'll be in that discovery versus the destination of, okay, I'm done. My past doesn't define me because it's going to continue to try to get your attention and raise a red flag, mm -hmm. mainly because our brains are designed to keep us safe and make sure that we don't repeat certain things that once hurt us. Right. And there's going to be times where, and there's many times where I have to check myself and really decide what lane am I driving in right now mm. and what direction is it going? Okay. Wow. I just, I just need to know you. <laughs> I, I, love you. Know you. I love you already. You <laughs> like, hey, girl, what's up? <laughs> um, what would you say has been like one of your? Uh, when, when did you enter into entrepreneurship? Mm, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. So I remember being in corporate America, but I felt like I was running my own business because you're running your own energy. And when you're in corporate, it's so easy because you've got everybody's opinions and everything happening. But I always felt this fire of I'm doing me still. I have to do it my way. Mm -hmm. And so that was always at the heart. But what I officially made the, the leap was in 2017 when I left my corporate career and decided to go into running my own coaching business. And that was, yeah, right at the summer of 2017, fall of 2017. So when you look at it timeline wise, not that long ago, wow. but it feels like a lifetime ago. Uh, yeah. Six months have been like a lifetime. I know. <laughs> 2017 was a whole different universe. <laughs> right. You said something, um, really good you said running your own energy can you break that down because that mm -hmm. that that's i've never heard it defined like that break that down yeah if you think about your life mm -hmm. you are 
you are the leader of your life. You are making choices and taking the steps forward to move your energy throughout the world in an either intentional way or maybe a not intentional way. Uh And so I think everybody has that point of, I'm not just going to exist. I'm going to move. I'm going to arrive. I'm going to walk. I'm going to talk. So there's like, I'm talking and I'm going to talk. Like you feel the difference. And so for me, running my energy is understanding the impact that I create when I decide to occupy a space versus just exist in a space. Yes. Yeah, so like let that land. That's a breakthrough for somebody. I don't know who that's for, but I remember being in my office and being like, I could just sit back here and exist and nobody would really question anything. The emails are going to get sent. The coffee is going to get made, but I want to occupy this space. And that was a daily choice in an environment that was not uplifting and was heavy. And I used to dread walking in and I had, if I was actually going to live, it was for me looking in the mirror and being like, this is not your life. Like you are here to occupy. You're here to impact not just stand by and yeah. exist. Yeah. Um, so that's what I mean by running my energy is I decided to make that shift into, I'm going to, I'm the CEO of this body. Mm-hmm. I'm the CEO of this, this word that's coming out of my mouth. I may not be able to control everything, but what I can really give myself the permission to do is experience this moment. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny now how many times I'm in my own company now. And I reference that version. I remember that girl who mm-hmm. built that, that solid foundation. And I really believe that she is the reason why I have the work ethic that I do today and the ability to move the way I do today. So you just never know where you never know what life is shaping you for. So when you sit in the chair, it could just be the chair that you're going to get through the day in, or it could be the chair that shapes you for the biggest life. And I think we get to decide what that, you know, what that, when that shift occurs. Yeah. Yeah. I love that occupy the space. Um, Because sometimes, you know, we can live in autopilot, right? Especially if we're in the valley, right? And so um, we're just getting by and really having to make a decision, you know, day to day of like, no matter what this looks like, I'm still going to continue to move forward. And I'm yeah. going to, you know, on what I'm doing. Um, uh, since you've been in the coaching industry, uh, what do you feel like is, is currently truly missing right now? Oh, I love this question. Um, Because I feel like one of my bigger purposes in the coaching industry is to see into the gap. But I remember last year, I was seeing a lot of different gaps in the industry. I think that there is a, there gets to be more stages for women of color. Women of color get to take up more space in that industry. Um, There gets to be more emphasis on family-based, body-based businesses, because Mm -hmm. that's at the heartbeat of, to me, true leadership. Mm -hmm. And at one point I was really resentful for the gaps and I was resentful for what was missing and it Mm -hmm. created an anger and a discord. Mm -hmm. And I remember my dad saying last year, as I was opening up about some of the things in our industry, and he said to me, don't be, don't be too angry that you can't lead. And it struck me. I was like, whoa, you know, and my dad's a black man who could easily be angry at the world and not do anything. There's mm-hmm. plenty of evidence and plenty mm-hmm. of things being projected onto him in that way. And 
I knew what he meant by that. Mm -hmm. I knew, and you know what I mean by Mm -hmm. that. Like it's so bone Mm -hmm. blood. That woke me up and I go, okay, maybe this is, instead of me being in the coaching industry, I'm assigned to the coaching industry. And then this respect and reverence came over of the coaching industry is going to continue to be just another reflection of humanity. And I'm a stand for humanity's liberation. So the same gaps that are happening in this industry are very similar to the gaps that are happening in corporate, very similar. It's all linked together. And so what I think is missing, if I could sum it up, is true, authentic leadership and bravery and um there's going to be a turning point in our industry and i'm raising my hand for it i see other humans raising their hand for it where we shake shit up and it's time to kind of turn the boat it's it's there's a an old paradigm that's dying off and a new one is is coming forward and that could sound really like cute and like the new earth is rising but the truth of the matter is like at the heart of it is the whole reason why this industry exists is changing. I really, really feel that. Mm-hmm. I think as many people entered the coaching industry, they entered it off the back end of hating their corporate job. Mm-hmm. They made quick money and it felt good and they were helping people. Mm-hmm. And now we're looking at a world. If we look at what the world needs right now, the world needs companies that exist for something bigger than a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes, in a lifestyle, a whole life shift. Now I see the coaching industry is either going to stay just like, yeah, we're going to make the quick money and do the things and da 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 da, or we're going to go from coaches to CEOs of companies that literally change the planet. And so I see that's what I'm seeing start to to Mm -hmm. stir and be revealed. Mm -hmm. And everybody's going to come to it in their own way. We can't Mm -hmm. look at somebody who's been running a business a certain way and say, you're doing it wrong. Like mm. everybody's going to pop at their own time. We've all been assigned to this industry. Yeah. And that's allowed this piece to come in of whenever you're ready to raise your hand, raise your hand and let's, let's roll. Mm-hmm. And I'm ready to raise my hand. I've seen so many other people raise their hand. And then there's other people who are starting to catch on and other people who are ignoring it. And it, it's all going to play out how it's supposed to play out though. For sure. For sure. Um, do you believe, um, when your clients typically find you and they're in a certain space, what do they typically look like? Your average client, what, are, what type of space are they in? Especially since um, mm. you focus a lot on, you know, um, the blo- some blocks, obviously, that they have. But is it really marketing? Is it mindset? Is it clarity? Like, what's really the true root of somebody saying, I, I can't get it? Belonging. Mm. She doesn't feel like she belongs. And that's at the root of every single money block, every single business block. I might have to pause this. I'm going to break through. <laughs> like, hold on a second. That wasn't supposed to be, that wasn't for me. That was just, <laughs> whoa, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I think that that is really what she's seeking is, most of the time when I'm coaching a woman and I coach women at all different levels. So I used to have this, you know, very niche down, you need to be earning this much and doing this to qualify for this. And I've really let go of that. And I've created different rooms in my company that if you're just starting off, you can go here. If you're in the middle, you can go here. If you're 
wanting to scale, go here. Mm -hmm. But at the root, what we're all talking about is not, am I worthy? Not, can I do it? Not how to do it, but do I belong? And your belonging is directly connected to your power and how willing you are to hold that power. Mm. Because most people, and our belonging is also connected to how long we think something's going to take. So the woman Mm. who knows she belongs is going to walk straight into the room. The woman who doesn't think she belongs is going to take the long way to prove that she belongs before she walks into the room. So most women are meeting me in the long way. And I open a door and I'm like, walk straight in. She starts to shake and get trembly. I'm like, good, tremble. Let the power shake you. It's okay. You can hold it and it's not going to hurt anyone. You're powerful. (laughs) Thank you. I received that. No, like for real. Mm. I think that... um, My soul is so delighted being in this conversation with you. I just, and I knew it would be this way the moment you reached out. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you, you are extremely powerful. I, I don't even know if you know how powerful you are. I'm, I'm not even sure. But, it, but um, the way that you speak and how you can really just change a dynamic just upon words and how you put things together, um, your presence, your aura, and everything like that um, is 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 not it's not normal almost like and it's not mm-hmm. supposed to be but at the same time it's just not normal and I've I've been in the presence of a lot of different types of people over my life spending my life um, and uh, you're extremely special um, thank you so uh, much of course of course. Um, do you feel like attitude affects flow? Mm, I think it depends on your definition of attitude. Mm. I think that when I think of flow, I envision a river mm-hmm. and every river has rocks. Mm-hmm. So the rocks are going to alter the power, the magnitude, the depth mm. of the river. Mm-hmm. And so I think that when we get into the conversation of flow, it's really easy to go in the direction of how do I remove all the rocks? But I like to talk about it through the lens of, well, how do we soften the rocks so the river can just continue to flow? Mm. I remember sitting literally in a river. We were on a road trip, me and my partner, and we camped next to this huge river that in the winter um, increases its, its depth and you do water rafting, all this stuff. But for where we were at the time of year, you could see all the rocks. And I remember sitting in this, in the middle of the river in this huge rock. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this rock wasn't here. I couldn't be in the flow. This is so yeah. amazing. Yeah. And so I'm watching the river and I swear, I just could feel the river speaking. And I heard it, it's not about getting rid of the rock. Like the flow already won abundance already won and I'm watching the water just figure out how to glide right over the rock and I'm watching Mm. it find another path over here Mm. so the rock your attitude your bad thoughts it can't stop the flow if you believe the flow will always find a way right just like the river does so I just picture the waters of my body and I'm like I'm gonna have a bad attitude sometimes I'm gonna have a bad thought sometimes or a judgy thought but the, the flow is still here and it's about me softening that rock so that the flow can find a new path and continue on or teach me or whatever it is. 
So that's my favorite analogy when it comes to thoughts, behaviors, attitudes, that's going to continuously change throughout your life. Mm-hmm. What never changes is you are flow. You are. I need you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh my God. Okay. All right. Um, What is mindset to you? What does that look like? Because I I think that right now, especially through social media, um, Mm -hmm. I'm beginning to use these words. I love social media. I love social media, but I really have like this love, another word. For social media, yeah, and so, um, uh, you know, mindset has now become, you know, kind of like a trendy thing, um, and uh, but it's it can become so powerful because we can adapt to certain mindsets that's not really aligned with who we truly are, our values, or what makes sense, but because something is popular. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does that kind of look like for you? And what does it kind of mean to you when you, when you take upon like, okay, when there is a shift happens, like what does my new mindset look like? Like how, you know, if, if that all makes sense. Yeah. Well, I teach more so embodiment, which kind of flips mm-hmm. mindset on its head. Body leads and the mind follows is the main mantra of our business and everything mm-hmm. that I teach because I believe that the body is designed to show the mind where to go, but we live in a society that has taught us that the mind is more powerful than the body, which leaves people vulnerable to a lot of different environments that may not actually give birth to the full power of their body. So if we break down the word mindset, it's your mind being set on something. Mm. And Albert Einstein actually speaks into this of how the intuitive part of you, which to me, I feel like that's our body mm-hmm. is truly meant to be the leader, the guide. And then the mind is meant to be a devoted servant. Mm-hmm. So the mind is meant to do things and get things done and organize certain things all in servitude to the body. But again, mm-hmm. we live in a society that teaches us the opposite to go, 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 forget the body, forget how you feel, forget, yeah. you know, what you're experiencing internally, just go do the thing. There's a time for that, that, that grit and that fortitude, but really in the most simplest form, I believe that your mindset is a culmination of borrowed thoughts from other people. Joe Dispenza talks about, I love Joe. Joe, Dispenza. Joe says almost all of you is borrowed basically. Cause we're just borrowing from this, borrowing from that, borrowing from this, borrowing from that. And then there's a part of your mindset. That's your own generated thoughts that you came up with your own truths. And then there's the, your money lineage or your lineage. Let's talk about what your mom thought or your dad thought that's Mm -hmm. in there and what their mom thought. So I think it's a culmination of different environments Mm -hmm. and the process of mindset work Mm -hmm. is clearing out and reestablishing what that environment is for you Mm -hmm. and your purpose and your truth and your identity So I think that that's a really ambiguous word that now takes on so many meanings Mm -hmm. and everybody's going to have their own approach to mindset work. Mm -hmm. But I, I believe that the body comes first and then the mind is taken care of in that. Cause if your body, I think about it this way, if my body 
doesn't feel like I belong. Mm. No matter how much I get dressed up for the interview, no matter how strong my mindset is, like I've studied, I know that I can, I'm worthy, I know, Mm -hmm. but my body doesn't believe that I belong in the boardroom. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen. It's simply, it won't. But when the body believes, oh, I belong, it actually gives power to that thought of I am worthy. It gives power to that energy of I'm in a suit right now. So the body doesn't take bullshit. Like you can't trick the body into being like, you're worthy. It has to be a, a feeling, a behavior that you embody. And then that informs your mindset. So if you can get your body on board, you can get your mind to do anything. Wow. Anything in the world. Yeah. Is that why you feel like, do you, I don't even know if you feel like this. I'm, I'm, here I am offering suggestions, right? <laughs> <laughs> do you um do you feel like it's the movement you have a very active lifestyle so this is I'm so glad you went here because I was picturing something in my head and it feels like you just picked up on it I was a gymnast growing up my whole life and then I stopped gymnastics in high school started teaching yoga I taught yoga for eight years and then I stopped I didn't work out mm-hmm. nothing my partner is an athlete. He works out every day, like clockwork. Couldn't even, t- he doesn't even think about it. His clothes are set up the night before. I'm like, I don't know how to do that. And I'm done. I'm done moving. Like, I just want to get up and drink my coffee. He's like, babe, I really want you to start working out. And I'm like, I, I have zero interest. So we can end it now. I love you. And he wants to go on hikes and stuff. I just, I can't get myself to do it. So, but then I started feeling I did start to feel I had some gut stuff, some health stuff, and I had to change my diet and I lost a lot of weight unintentionally. And I felt really weak and just my body did not feel fulfilled. Mm -hmm. So I decided to hire a personal trainer, not Mm -hmm. to like get, go on hikes and stuff, but just simply to (laughs) build strength. I ain't going on a hike still, but I want to build some strength. Right. And it changed my life. I Mm. forgot the power of challenging the body and getting Mm. the body to be the leader. Every day I went out there to work out with her, I would chant that mantra, body leads, mind follows. If my body can believe this and be in this right now, my mind that's telling me I can't lift that weight, it means nothing. Mm -hmm. Today, I can deadlift 150 pounds. And my my mind will tell me, you can't do that. But my body has it in it. Like I've been training for it. Right. So it, it is now such a big part of my life. I work out three days a week now. And I let my body be in the lead of that because my mind will tell me I'm too tired. I can't do it. All these different mm-hmm. things. And I now know that that's the, the script that my mind will deliver me. But my body has the power now to say, no, no, no. Here's the real script. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel amazing after this. You can do this, this, and this. So I think there's power in challenging the body in a really intentional way Mm -hmm. to reveal its full truth, which is it can do anything. And now I, I'm still not going on hikes, but I'm working out regularly again and I feel great. And it's brought so much vitality to my life. Okay. I love that. I love that. Um, yeah, that working out piece is, is extremely powerful. Extremely powerful. Um, let me see. I watched a video, it was a while ago, 
and you were talking about building a relationship um, with fear, grace, and certainty. Can you break that down? Say the last three words again. You said building a relationship with fear, grace, and certainty. Ooh, I said that. I was probably channeling. Um, <laughs> hang on. We go back to that moment. Well, oh, he's funny too. <laughs> I feel deep with it. There's when I see those three words together, like fierce, grace, certainty. It's my wish for every woman, mm. like that she walks with certainty mm. because that gives birth to conviction. Mm-hmm. And then that conviction turns doubt into dust. Mm-hmm. And then we're rolling and we're moving and we're we're living. And mm-hmm. so the fierce grace feels like it's coming from, from God. And we get to trust that there's bigger energy around us that's mm-hmm. filling in the gap. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we can walk with a certainty that will bring us into different rooms and different conversations and mm-hmm. maybe different sheets of music. Yeah. And so what if we created our life through that? What if we decided to create our life through that? And I, the prayer that comes in into that, I remember making this shift at the beginning of this year is that God, I, I got it. I can learn through my pain and I could continue to learn through my pain, but I'd love to see what it's like to learn through my power. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see what it's like to learn through my certainty, mm-hmm. through grace, mm-hmm. through delight. And it, Oh, for somebody like me who is a Scorpio and is, has no problem going through we the pain know. game. Yes. So we know all about the shadow. We can chill there. I can walk through all kinds of hoops and I'm going to feel good at the end. But I remember the beginning of this year being like, I, I'm done with that. I want to learn through my power. There's got to be a different path where I can still grow and still evolve, but I don't have to feel like there's a, a painful pillar I have to overcome every time. Mm-hmm. And it's really changed the way that I approach. Okay. Um, now yeah. making sense. <laughs> we got the Scorpio energy. That's, that's what comes through. <laughs> no big deal. Just a little light certainty. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> So what is the, um, I want to kind of talk about a little bit of the basis of your program as well. Um, like, what is it, um, I, I guess, kind of like, what is the promise of it? Like, when people come to you, I know you said you work with people during different aspects. Is it all business? Is it more so them really kind of breaking through in a certain area in their life? Or do you kind of offer a combination of both? It always ends up being a combination. Our mind tends to think in ones. So I need this one thing, but then I see you in multiples. I'm like, okay, well, all that's connected. Mm -hmm. So one woman will come to me for business and strategy and wanting to grow her visibility. One woman may come to me to grow her income. And one woman may come to me to find a greater sense of peace and her success. Mm -hmm. They all have something in common and, and I meet them where they are, but the the common denominator is breakthrough. Women come to me for breakthrough. They come to me when they're in a transition from one evolution to the next, Mm -hmm. and they need a catalyst to interrupt Mm -hmm. and bump up against Mm -hmm. and activate something within them. And for a while, I was afraid of that. 
that power. I didn't want to hurt people. Maybe, okay, let's, okay, you're doing a good job. That's just not the type of coach I am. I'm like a collision. I'm like, where are we going next? And you get to have a breakthrough to arrive in that room, a breakthrough in money, a breakthrough in business or a breakthrough in the realm of your vitality. So those are the three main um, categories that we work within. We have different products and programs and our money membership, depending on where you are in your journey. Okay. Now, we mentioned the word breakthrough. What have been your biggest breakthrough, whether it been in business or life? Because um, I think you've been in business. So you said you've been in business in 2017, but you've had a lot of success in your business. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Can, we, can we talk a little bit about that? My biggest breakthrough has been you don't have to do it alone. And that it is so safe. Like people really want to be in a relationship with you. Mm. And I always thought that being where I am today, I'd be Mm. by myself because that's really what felt safe for a long time, Mm. especially being in an industry where you don't see a lot of black women celebrating a million dollars in less than Mm. a year. You don't Mm. see a lot of that unapologetic, unbounded, joy and delight. And so my biggest breakthrough is that my opulence creates a pathway for others Mm -hmm. and I don't have to do it alone. I can do it with a village of Mm -hmm. human beings that really want to join me. Mm -hmm. And it was so powerful because we did a party for the million dollars milestone Mm -hmm. and I flew my dad in and my stepmom and my sister, my nephew Mm -hmm. and my dad growing up and I could feel him have this breakthrough in the room. My dad growing up always told me like, be careful. Like don't trust anybody with your money. Like watch out for your team. If he had that energy about him, we're from Detroit. You always watch your back. Don't let Really Midwest. So we don't let people in. And so, <laughs> so here I am, first of all, publicly talking about how much we've generated. Second of all, inviting people to come celebrate with me. I could feel the breakthrough in his heart. I saw him across the room and he was looking in awe. And he's like, I can't believe how much love is here. We're taught that this type of love doesn't live in rooms this big. It has to be separate. And so, oh, I have goosebumps now because that's been the biggest breakthrough is that you can trust people. People do want to see you succeed. Your team is safe. It isn't lonely at the top. And I felt like I set me and my dad free in an interesting way that night. And I could feel him relax and have fun. And he finally saw what I was really creating up until then. He kept trying to, you know, insert his advice and his two cents. And we kind of tapped our hat off to each other. And I was like, yeah. I got you. Right. And it felt so liberating. So that's been, that's been huge for me and my family. Okay. I love that. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah, love that. I feel like you get it. You know what I'm talking about. It's yeah. so, oh, yeah. so <laughs> I completely get it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I just feel like when you um, <laughs> don't laugh because I when when you, as you're building up right and working through your team. Um, or building a team, have you? Um, did you have a level of um, any time? Did you have friction? Did you see like uh, where it's like, okay, I need to move different, or has it always been like 
it's once you got you together, everything else kind of came the way it needed to become. That part. Mm-hmm. Yep. Once I got once I got clear on why our company exists, I could bring in the people that I knew would be able to support it. Mm-hmm. And I started off slow. So mm-hmm. I didn't go and hire a whole bunch of people at once. Stephanie's been with us. She's our first um our first employee and she's been with us since 20 was it 2019 mm-hmm. and so that was the first time I brought somebody on in the capacity mm-hmm. that she now holds mm-hmm. and I we built trust and I didn't hire right away and mm-hmm. I tried a couple different paths mm-hmm. a couple of them didn't work out and that's when I was humbled to mm-hmm. realize that building a team is going to look really imperfect you're going to hire people that aren't a right fit. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to have, oh, I had so many uncomfortable conversations at the beginning of last year mm-hmm. when it, we hired a little bit too fast because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we're growing. Let's get all the support. Yeah. And they weren't really in sync, mm-hmm. but it all ends up working out perfect in the end because you get mm-hmm. to sharpen your leadership. And for mm-hmm. me, the clearer that I got with myself, the better I could delegate and understand where we were going. Because remember, mm-hmm. as a CEO, you're at the helm. Mm-hmm. So it's not that you need to know how to do every little thing, but you need to know why every little thing is it's happening. Happening. Right. Otherwise, people are going to be looking at you like, what are we doing? Or doing it their way, not right. knowing that you have a way. Right. That's been the biggest thing. And um, now I have a pretty good intuitive hit on who's the right fit. And I also am really transparent. Like we just brought on a new team member for graphic design and I go, okay, you know, full transparency, we move fast. Mm -hmm. I'm a visionary. I want to change the world. Like I want it to happen yesterday. Like, Mm -hmm. is that momentum? Mm -hmm. Does that freak you out? Or do you get turned on by that? And she was like, I'm turned on. And I was like, all right, let's play. But then there's another woman who I could feel her eyes like, and I was like, you are going to be so good at this, but this mm-hmm. momentum scares you. So that means it's not a fit. Right. So I recommended her to somebody else. And so it's just knowing what you're like. And mm-hmm. I used to be ashamed of why do I move so fast? Am I too much? Is it mm-hmm. too much? And now I just own it. And I'm like, this could be the perfect environment for somebody like Stephanie, mm-hmm. our operations manager, queen lady. Mm-hmm. I call her all kinds of things. <laughs> Because operations manager is lame. So I'm like, operations queen. Yeah. She loves it. She's like, I love this environment. I feel Mm -hmm. like a lion. And I'm like, yes. And (laughs) some other people would be like, oh God, that's way too much for me. I want something a little more more chill. And like, so I think it's just knowing who you are and owning that. And then Mm -hmm. trusting that there's people who can't wait to be in relationship with that. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I definitely want to honor your time. I appreciate you so, so much. This was so good. So beautiful. This was so good. This was so good. Um, but before you leave, I always have to ask people, right? Especially now that I know you from Detroit, like that's why you my suburbs. Well, Southfield, not Detroit. Sorry. <laughs> I went to Southfield High, so. Oh, did I've, you? Okay. I've been, I've been, I moved a lot growing up, but my Dad said the family lives in Detroit and then we bounced around in the suburbs. Okay. 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 So yeah. All right. So now I always have to ask people, um, what is your favorite go-to either soul food meal or just meal in general? I've been going meal in general, but I really like what soul food meal. What does that mean? Like Collard greens. Yeah. Collard greens. 
and I can't eat it anymore, but my grandma just makes the best fried chicken and mm. like the chicken wings with the collard mm. greens mm. and just all of it. It ends up being one big hash pod. Like it all ends up mixing together anyways. But I remember the collard greens. I make a healthier version now, but with the bacon and in a huge pot, that's yeah. all I like uh-huh. the whole that's my favorite. I could get eat multiple bowls of that. Okay. Do you eat yeah. the hot sauce and turmeric? I have no palate for spice. So that's yeah. like what? I can't even have pepper. I have to start sneezing and it's not a good one. <laughs> so we just do we do plain old bacon collard greens. <laughs> I can't handle anything else. Okay. Are you vegan? No, I love meat. Oh, you love me? Oh, okay. Just no fried chicken. Well, I can't have chicken. I'm going through gut stuff. So the chicken is not on the, oh. on the agenda, but I could do, I could do a little bit of red meat and I can okay. do turkey. I could do all the boring meats and fish right now. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you guys for tuning in. And we are, oh, wait a minute. Wait, you got to tell them where to find you, Tori. Oh, you can find me on instagram at i am tori washington and then if you're interested in any of the money membership stuff we have our website our company house of we supports women with healing their relationship with money and that's wealth embodiment flow.com until next time we are out Thank you for tuning in to Soul Food Sunday Podcast. I'm your host, Korea, and this is the place where you're going to learn how to think better, how to overcome those nasty negative thoughts, how to really navigate in your zone of genius and figure out what are those blind spots and say, yes, I can still navigate through that too. All right. So one, two, three, let's grow.